pick of the pups. Yeah, uh, right. We are live. Hold on. I didn't start the intro. The intro started. This is big. <laughs> I, I said I, I said on, in the chat. I said Hobbit's being fashionably late. Alphabet cat. Then I bet Hobbit is eating again, isn't it? <laughs> uh, literally, yes. Look, time and hunger wait for no man. Yeah. Um, what is it? Oh. Uh, what is it? Diarrhea waits for no man. Uh, constipation is a thief of time. Uh, uh, if I do YouTube to MP3 and then I can put it in Audacity because we're going to need this sound effect for this show. We've got a real... Oh, can I use the word? We've got a real doozy of a show. A real doozy of a show. Yeah. I've got it the Nobel Booby Prize, I bet. <laughs> yeah, well, some of them literally have been awarded the wooden spoon in Nobel Prizes. Yeah. Uh, so you start with 1901 and I'll start with current day and we'll just show what a joke it is now. Oh, well, actually, I wanted to start off with the 1948 uh, Nobel Prize for Medicine and Physiology. So, um, uh, actually, you know what? Um, 19, 1948 Nobel, Nobel Prize for Medicine... Well, technically, it's not a medicine. Antonio Gasmanes. No, that's not you. Not the 19... I've typed... Right, okay. This is Brave Search. 1948 Nobel Prize for Medicine. Summariser. In 1949... So what are you looking for? I'm looking for the Nobel Prize in Physiology and Medicine. Fucking hell! Like, NobelPrize.org, right? So this is the... This is the top fucking search result for Nobel Prize for Medicine, 1948. The Nobel Prize in Physiology or Medicine, 1949. It's like, I specifically typed in 1948, you fucking imbecile. You fucking Rachel Carson. You Greta Thunberg. Fucking... Right, anyway, NobelPrize.org, right? If I go there and then I type in... Uh, 1948. 1948, right. Do you mean Paul Herman Yes, but I'm getting to that. Here we go. Hmm. The Nobel Prize in Physiology or Medicine 1948 was awarded to Paul Herman Müller for his discovery of the high efficiency of DDT as a contact poison against several arthropods, which is uh, creepy crawlies, chewing, oh, and also flying arthropods insects. Octopus, isn't they? Insects. I think an octopus is a, is a mollusk. Uh, oh, Nobel Prize is 2022. Let's have a look at... So that was 1948. Al, Alvin Muller. Oh, sorry. Uh, if you want to know more about DDT and why it's so good, just go back to, was it last week's episode? I think it was last week's episode. Yeah, DDT, yeah. Yeah. Uh, DDT's great. Rachel Carson's dead. Have have blood. Arthropods. Uh Look, they have hemolymph, which is the analogue of blood for arthropods. Uh, An arthropod has it, an open circular, circulatory system with a body cavity. Yeah, that's disgusting. Uh, disgusting creatures. Do, 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 uh, do, I'm not eating them. Mm. Um, all right. Yeah, so the thing is, you know, great stuff. Nobel Prize awarded because it's like, oh, this, this helps people. And then Rachel Carson went... 
I'm not going to do it on your show, even though Garot did it on my on my stream. Yeah, many times. Oh. Booga Boogers? No, how dare you save them? They need to die. Uh, turns out malaria just kills the young and the old, so like you're deliberately killing the weakest Oogaboogas, even the strongest to survive. Mm. So Rachel Carson, you didn't even achieve your goal of total um, something ending. Genocide. Yeah. Bitch. Fuck you. How dare Silent Spring be How like... How dare you? How dare you be like the citation for oh well DD? My dad says oh well we had to stop using DDT because it made eggshells of birds thin. No, so no. even my dad was repeating this this anti uh, blackist uh, blackitic blackitic canard. No, it's an anti-Semitic canard because I just realised the real Jews were the Ethiopians. Oh. So it's an anti-Semitic canard that DDT makes eggshells go thin. Oh. Fuck you, Rachel Carson. I should dig you up and have the ADL do a special tribunal to be like, how dare you be anti-Semitic? Now you have to serve 974 years in prison for your hate crime, bitch. Oh, by the way, I don't like her very much. Oh. I just thought in case people needed to know... Uh, can, can like, compare that to the Nobel... The 2022 physiology or magic... Uh, Let's start. Let's start to do physio. Let's do compare it with the Nobel Prize in Physics 2022, who were Alan John F. Clauser, and Anton Zellinger for experiments with entangled photons, establishing the violation of Bell inequalities and pioneering quantum information science. So, what does that mean? The most I fucking hate all of science is quantum science. Did we do an episode recently where quantum mechanics and I, I just said, look, this is a load of bullshit. And then, like, I was describing stuff to you and Fraser, and you were both no laughing. Hobbit. No, Hobbit, they're clothes on the Emperor. Can you not see them? Ah. You must be a thicky, thick, thick, thick. Yeah, that's it, yeah. <laughs> look, oh, what look, I like. What... Look, there's emails in that computer. Are you a thicky, thick, thick or something? Can you not see the computer? What I like about this is we were describing, like,. So you know hydrogen is one proton and one electron, right? Mm. Like, theoretically it's possible, but now they say, no, it's totally real, bro. Um, you could have, I can't believe it's not hydrogen, where you've got one positron and one electron and they're orbiting one another. So, where do you right, want to go? Where do you want it. to go next to compare current and previous Nobel Prizes? Uh, you do one because I've almost got my soundbite ready. Okay, then. I'll, I'll do. I'll do an oldie weldy one. So, who else we got here? Oh, well, this do, this sounds like a bit of a waste of time. One, Frederick Passy, for his long, long work for international peace conferences, diplomacy, and arbitration. This is 1901. So, so, so 17 years later, Frederick Passy hadn't hadn't smashed out all wars forever, had he? He'd kind of fucking failed a bit, hadn't he? What a dickhead. <laughs> Fuck you, monsieur. Uh, my name is Monsieur Percy, and I'm brilliant at everything. Uh, there, there are some proper waste of time ones. How about Sully Prudhomme? Prudhomme. In record, special recognition of his poetic composition, which gives evidence of lofty idealism, artistic perfection, and a rare combination of the qualities of both heart and intellect. 
why just that, that get what? That got the Nobel Prize in Literature in 1901. Explain that to me like I was retarded and drunk. He's he, he's a really good pro, good poet and that. He's like a 1901 yeah. Stormzy. Why does that get a Nobel Prize for whatever? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I'm I'm like, uh, you know what? 1948, DDT gets a Nobel Prize. It's like, yeah, you know what? This is good. This is actually saving lives and preventing people dying from malaria. And it's like, I know Friff and other people would be like, oh, well, Hobbit, you don't like them very much. I don't want them suffering from malaria. Mm. I just don't want them here. That's all. You know? Uh, how about, like, I can entertain a... A nuanced position. I don't believe in unnecessary suffering. How's about that then? How about um, how about Ad Emil Adolf von Behring, which won the nineteen oh one Nobel Prize? What? Tell me that name again. Emil Adolf von Behring. Emil von Mustafa Mohammed Mohammed Adolf Adolf von Behring yeah. uh, Mohammed Bas Bin Laden. Well, he actually did. He did work on serum th serum therapy. So, what's that, Hobbit? Serum therapy. I assume that's blood serum therapy. Is it? What? Well, uh, what? Like so the, the blood transfusions. Well, the blood transfusions were before the Nobel Prizes because uh, it was like they they were doing work with transferring like blood from sheep to human. It's like. Sometimes they lived, sometimes they died, and that's when they found out about blood types. Uh, um, yeah. Well, I, see Ooh, I assume serum therapy is something different. Uh, oh, he made a diphtheria antitoxin. I don't know what an ant So an antitoxin, an antibody with the ability to neutralize specific toxin. I don't know what an antitoxin is, because they don't seem to use them anymore, do they? Oh, antitoxins. Say you got like snake bite venom. Yeah. Yeah. You you give the someone the the anti venom of that, and that cures you of the poison. Like ah, here's an example. So would that stop you've got diphtheria? Because he you've, because he used serum is that a poison? An appli uh, application on diphtheria is disease. Uh, disease. Well, a lot of bacteria when you get them, it's the toxins that poison you. Ah, uh, right. Okay. Uh, diphtheria is an in infection caused by the bacteria, so it is caused by a bacteria. Yeah, that, that's the that's the bit which is and up to five sec. Oh shit, this is like eight seconds long. I can't do that. Uh, Fuck's sake! Didn't I just like do this, but like make it like so? What? Oh, I've the the thing is the wrong. <laughs> Yeah, this is the the joys of trying to edit live. Um, I'm I'm trying to create a drop which is suitable for this stuff. You see, and yeah, let's do that. Uh, uh, right. Uh, yeah, yeah. This is this is good. This is good. Right. Um. Um. Clef. Music. Oh, that's what I have to do for doing a, a treble clef. I have to type in music. That's musical note. There we go. Fucking imbecile Discord, right? Oh, what should we call this emoji? Okay, the treble. Here we go. Look, hold on. Yeah. Give me a sec. Oh, just a minute.
Are you ready to read out another Nobel Prize? Yeah, you do it. That that's 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 all you could get because it's like a five. It's limited to five seconds. I can do the whole thing and I can turn it down and loop it in the background if you want. Yeah. Uh, can't. Then your turn. I you pick some. It's your fucking subject. Right. Yeah. Okay. Uh, you got this list in front of you because that's what you're basing on, and I was just on the NobelPrize.org website, which is a bit. Oh. Okay. Right. Well, in which case, let's go. Nobel prizes ever. All Nobel Prizes, so you've you done a modern one. There were a couple of old-timey ones that were a bit of a waste of time. When, right, 1966. Yeah, so... Um, oh, here we go. Uh, uh, here we, right, so Nobel Prize in Physiology of Medicine 1966. Peyton Russ... Oh, sorry. Peyton Russ... For his discovery of tumour-inducing viruses. Right, so here's an interesting thing. Um, it was explained to me when I was doing Did he find an application sports. for that? Wow. Uh, this is going to get a bit con- controversial, right? It was made apparent to me during my medical science uh, degree that when one is uh Was that at Scumbag University, Hubbard? Uh, it was uh, it was a local it was a local uh, college. A local yes. Poly. Did you go to the poly? Yeah, I did. I did go to Polytechnic. Anyway, yeah. so uh, which of course, it's like like knows. Anyway, point being, um, I uh, I went there and uh, I was like, okay, how do you induce tumors in these mice to study lung lung cancer and stuff? Is it, Oh, we use viruses to induce. So I was like, oh, that's interesting. And then the technician I was with at the time was like, look, have you ever heard of something called a binary weapon? I was like, oh, uh, yeah, they were talking about it with the shoe bomber or the liquid bomb. Like this idea that you get two liquids and you put them together. Now you've got yourself an explosive. He says, well, in this case of a binary weapon, imagine like you're given an injection and they say it's for your health. I won't be more specific than that. Safe and and yeah, yeah, it's safe and effective. Now, as your physiology, this is before safe and effective, by the way. This was just when people did because it's like, well, our doctor says it's a good idea, and I trust my doctor. He's got a kind, kindly face, so I'll do it. Now, um, as you get older, like retirement age, you get changes in physiology. It's not not puberty. It's kind of like it's something else. But anyway, your hormonal balance changes, and this activates the weapon, which is just goes, ah, now these these bits which were previously dormant, they're now making cancerous tumours in you. So the work that Peyton Russ did for his discovery of tumour-inducing viruses probably got uh, included in some medical technology from 1966 onwards and i'm just hazarding a guess i haven't got the graphs ahead of me but if you were to look at instances of cancer from 1966 onwards i bet you'd see a sharp incline i know that's not entirely due to the work of peyton rouse but i'm pretty sure because you know it's also like People going, oh, let's get rid of fat and food and put in more sugar. Oh, let's stop using butter and use margarine. Um, but also, 
1966, Charles Brenton Huggins, Amanda Huggins Kiss, for his discoveries concerning hormonal treatment of prostatic cancer. So, hey, turns out not only can hormones activate cancers, they can treat cancers. Mm. Amazing. Uh, let's, let's see. Let's see what cl- what clown what clown universe has got uh, is offering in the way of Nobel prizes. Uh, I did see one in it. Oh, Sokiro Manby and Klaus Hasselmann for the physical modelling of Earth's climate, quantifying variability, and reliably predicting global warming. Doesn't he know it's not global warming anymore? It's now climate change. I thought it was called climate boiling. Oh, is it climate boiling now? I know it's definitely climate... Well, it was, it was climate change. I haven't had the new download yet. Uh, climate crisis, emo- uh, Ebola AIDS, sickle yeah. cell anemia AIDS. Yeah. Mm. I'm still stuck on 1966, by the way. So, the... Um... What, this this sounds this sounds like a well-earned well, um, well uh, physics Nobel Prize. Giorgio Parisi... For the discovery of the in, of the interplay disorder and fluctuations in physical systems from atomic to planetary scales. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> I'm shooting a muffin. Hobbit, do you know what the development of asymmetric or organo catalysis is? Yeah, I mean. Whenever you need something organic to be catalyzed, that's yeah. what you want, right? Uh, I, well, do, do you need it asymmetrically, or would you like it done symmetrically? Wow. Uh, symmetrical organocatalysts are overrated, aren't they? That's why they didn't win the Nobel Prize. Yeah, that's why the asymmetric, where well, it just shows what an ugly world we're living in now, doesn't it? Mm. Well, 1966, back on 1966, you, you, do you remember that, like, um, Family Guy thing where it's like Stewie's birthday? Yeah. And then Noah gives uh, Peter, here's your equally large participation cake. Yeah. Yay! It's my birthday. It's not your birthday, Peter. Um, 1966, right? Uh, Nobel Prize in Literature. It goes to Shmuel Yusuf Agnon for his profoundly charismatic narrative art with motifs from the life of the Jewish people. But also Nelly Sachs gets one as well for her outstanding lyrical and dramatic writing which interprets Israel's destiny with touching strength. Uh, What about about David David Cardi who won in 2021 for his empirical contributions to labour economics? Uh, wow! Hey, go- oh shit! We need to give a Nobel Prize for this award. <laughs> Fuck's sake! Just give. How about Josh- Joshua Deangrist with his twenty twenty one again, and Guido W Imbens? I mean, they sound like pen names, don't they? For their methodological metholo- contributions to the analysis of causal relationships. Wow. This now, in a... my mind, when I was reading this, I'd be like, you know what, this is really good because we can go from, like, great contributions, like, 
1935, Nobel Prize in Chemistry, Frédéric Joliot and Irene Joliot Curie, in recognition of their synthesis of a new radioactive elements. Wait, oh. that's not Marie Curie. Who is Irene Joliot Curie? I don't know. Um, Irene Joliot Curie was 1897 Paris, France, Dionite Physique Paris, France, affiliation at the time for award, Institut du Radium. All right, so she did stuff for radium. My God, the lazy eye on her. She likes. She either looks like King Cobra JFS or who's that French philosopher? Jean-Paul Sartre. Yeah. Irene Curie was born in Paris as the daughter of Pierre yeah, and Marie I'm gonna, I'm Curie. I'm going to quote Red Dwarf again because there's a Red Dwarf quote that, that covers everything. And this one is, uh, well, well, it was Sartre that said, hell is a turn so you spent with your friends. Yeah, but all Sartre's friends were French. <laughs> <laughs> I've been been to a few soirees with French people. The food is good, but the company is just dire. Hobbit, I, I'll take that. Hobbit, is this a fraudulent Nobel Prize in Physiology or Medicine? Harvey no, Alton, get out of town. Michael Houghton and Charles M. Rice in 2020 have won a Nobel Prize for the discovery of hepatitis C virus. Hey, Ash0787 says, you remind me of that Harry and Paul sketch where the two bills are on the scaffold with the secretly high-level academics in between shouting stuff at people. <laughs> oh, love! Nice tits! By the way, did you hear BBC Radio 4 last Oh, yes, I thought it was very good with the woman's hour. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyway, carrying on to the Nobel Prizes, that's what we're doing, right? So, Nobel Prizes... Um, um, Nobel Prize. Uh, oh, Nobel Prize in... oh, Louise Gluck won the Nobel Prize in Literature for her unmistakable poetic voice that with austere beauty makes individual existence universal. What? <laughs> what a low pretentious wank. <laughs> Nobel Prize Prize, 1935 for Karl von Ossetsky. Adolf Hitler. Us... Oh. <laughs> So, Carl, Carl von Ossiecki, yeah. I'm not sure if that's a German or Prussian, that's a Prussian name, for his burning love for freedom of thought and expression, his valuable contribution to the cause of peace. Uh, 1936, 1937, 38. Is it 1939? Oh, yeah, there's stuff in 1939. So, Nobel Prize in Physics, 1939, Ernest Orlando Lawrence, for the invention and development of the cyclotron, and the results obtained with it, especially in regard to artificial radioactive... Oh, right, the cyclotron it, has led it, to... It, I've got to burst in with this one. 2020, yeah. Paul R. Milgram and Robert B. Wilson won, won the uh, Prize in Economic Sciences in memory of Alfred Nobel for improvements to auction theory and inventions of new auction formats. <laughs> I seem to remember there was a thing uh, not so long ago with like Exxon, was it Exxon Mobil? Mm. And they were doing this thing which was totally not gambling. And they had to go in front of the US Congress and say like, yeah, what we're doing here is totally not gambling. And it's actually like a complicated financial instrument. And the lawyers managed to like convince them saying like, look, it looks a lot like betting on future outcomes which can't be predicted and there's elements of chance. 
But here's a lot of money to say that we can carry on doing what is totally fucking gambling. Yeah. Yeah. Do you understand this one, Hobbit? Uh, Joseph B. Good Enough. <laughs> that's his name, John B. Is he Good, good enough? enough? Oh, that's good enough. John B. Good Enough. Stanley Whittingham and Akira Yoshino for the development of lithium-ion batteries. I think they've already been developed, mate. Wait a minute, what year was this? 2019. Yeah, lithium-ion was something in Tomorrow's World back in... Let me just have a look at, at the lithium... So, lithium... Lithium... I assume, I assume they've pushed on, um, pushed on with technology somehow but still it's only a fucking tweak you don't deserve a nobel prize in it do you but a 3.6 is... volt lithium ion battery from nokia 3310 yeah so even back in the nokia fit now for all of those of you that were born after 9 11 times 19 uh, uh, nokia 3310 was a mobile phone which us ancients used to use and get this right the standby time on my Nokia thirty one ten, even taking a few calls, was a week. I like waiting thirty three thirty, and the battery was dog shit. I had a sixty one ten. That was my first mobile, and the battery on that would last two that? weeks. You got too posh for a fifty one ten, were you? I was given that as a hand me down in two thousand. So, you know, it was old hat by then, but that was the one with the, you know, the colour change chameleon coat. Yeah. And that was also the first mobile which could do, um, um, the thing. I oh, know, Snake was on the 5110. Uh, it, it was the first phone which could do SMS. No, the 5110 could. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, I was told 6110 was one of the first phones that could do an SMS. A lithium-ion or lithium battery, yeah, I know it's type of history. Research on lithium dates back to the 1960s. One of the earliest examples is a copper fluorine lithium battery. Is this showing the natural... lack of science in science? Well, what is it that specifically said, oh, look, the battery, a lithium-ion is some this, sort of battery. A lot of these are for the message, aren't they, as, um, as the drinker would say. I got bored with that guy. I don't listen yeah, to him anymore. But yeah, that. that yeah. But the thing is, even if someone's a complete shithead, you can still get things that are quotable from them. Like, how's about that then? That's what's up. The message. The message. The message. Yeah. But a lot yeah, of so... the, like uh, 2019, you've got um, some people for their discoveries of how cells sense and adapt to oxygen availability. What well, sells it doesn't say. Yeah, but even so, I mean, that's that's probably, like, a pretty good, like, uh, well, again, these are summaries, so if we want to get in depth of it, I'll be happy to do that. Um, now, um, uh, right, 1980, working in separate groups, Ned A. Godshall. Uh, if you want to look uh, into that, that's the page on the, on that one. How oh. Do you want to have a look at that one? I went in a bit, but I'm reading about lithium. I'm reading about lithium-ion batteries because right. you see, the idea with this is we'd rebuild some Nobel prizes. Anything catches our fancy, we're going to depth about it. So lithium-ion, 1980, separate groups: Ned Godsell et al. and shortly after Koichi Mizuchi. Mish, 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 
some Japanese bloke and John B. Good enough, after testing a range of alternative materials, replaced titanium sulf no titanium silicon with lithium cobalt oxide, uh, which was uh, yeah lithium cobalt and oxygen. Uh, which has a similar layered structure, but offers higher voltage and is much more stable in air. This material would later be used in the first commercial lithium ion battery, although it did not on its own resolve the persistent issue of flammability. I'll throw a fountain for your homeland when you've caught up. What? England? Abi Ahmed Ali won in, 19, in 2019 the Peace Prize for his efforts to achieve peace and international cooperation, and in, in particular for his decisive initiative to resolve the border conflict with neighbouring Eritrea. Ah, uh, yes, uh, good old Eritrea. Guy, Guy Fawkes sort of appreciate that one. Uh, yeah, so now, uh, they didn't resolve the issue of flammability with this lithium cobalt battery, which, by the way, an issue which still hasn't been resolved to this day, as Volkswagen Group will be uh, reminiscent of. Bugattis, Lamborghinis, Volkswagens, well, and other cars. I mean, I've never heard of, like, a, a Bosch battery catching fire, or, you know... I've the technology... I've done plenty of things the, with, with my DeWalt... DeWalt... Trailer. Yeah... And that hasn't yeah, but fire. yeah, but the technology uh, behind it, the lithium ion, it it just it has this tendency to burst into flames, and unfortunately, and the blokes in Morton and Marsh, this, is the, this the uh, higher usage or more of a pounding kind of thing than is it when it gets hot? Is it no, no, it, it, no, it 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 it's it. I mean, more research needs to be done into like what causes lithium ion batteries to spontaneously combust. Short circuits, thermal runaway, that seems to be two of the line causes. But the fact is, um, and the, I say the boats in Morton and Marsh, right? Now, if you're not aware, there's a section of private motorway in Morton and Marsh called the M99. It's not open to the public. And if you look at it, it's a few hundred yards long. And it's literally just uh, a motorway uh, which the fire service can use to simulate putting fires out on the motorway. Now... Morton and Marsh is the fire service academy and it's the, the best in the world and all firefighters, we have to call them firefighters now, not firemen, go and liaise with the fire service there because they're all like, like how do we pull out fires? And so, of course, one of the things which comes up with the fire service is how do we pull out fires from an electric vehicle? And the answer is you don't. The best thing you can do with an electric vehicle fire is you get a bulldozer and you push the vehicle out of the road and you let it burn you accept it's going to burn the grass and it's going to burn a bush if you're pushing it into a bush but that's better than it burning away the tarmac and you just let it burn itself out which will take weeks uh a modern like tesla or electric uh, post office van they take about two weeks to burn out if you try and dump, like like I thought, two tons of soil on it, which is not enough, by the way, all that happens is the uh, soil starts to burn. If you put water on it, it makes the lithium burn faster. Uh, there's Probably nothing you can do with the lithium. to burn out in a day. Uh, yeah, well... Uh, you know what? Uh, I wish we could ring up. Could you imagine just like ringing someone up in the middle of our show and just saying, "Look, look, we appreciate it's coming up to 2028, but um, considering your research you've done with 
electric fires. Um, and then the guy would be like, "Are you drunk?" It's like, yes, I am drunk. But anyway, answering my question. Oh, but a bit, mind you, it could a bit. It could end up like your your question to that guy on Twitter, weren't it? About uh, why why did um what was what was oh yeah why did all fucking, the what was his absolutely preposterous oh, fucking idea? So Skeptoid magazine, like why why do all these buildings like show exposed bits? And it's like, well, it's very simple. You see, at the beginning of the nineteenth century, all the cities in the world decided to regrade them themselves regrading by means leveling up the uh, level of the ground um so that uh, automobiles would have less of a struggle going up and down the hills and i was like well ah it was 1865 and i asked the guy i said hi i was very interested in your work on regrading i haven't heard much about it how many automobiles were there in the world in 1965 and would it have justified, like, regrading Canberra, Sydney, as well as Pontypridd and Paris, um, San Francisco? Name a few. Uh, correct, and he you never just said 1965, you meant 1865, didn't you? 1865, yeah, that's right, yeah. Um, he, he never got back to me. Um <laughs> Uh, the same. Oh, you, so, oh, this is the bit I haven't read before. So the, we're talking about flammability of batteries, and that was in 1980, right? The same year, Rashid Yazami just demonstrated the reversible. Uh, by the way, that's Moroccan, not you know, maybe Sephardic. Uh, was that Mizrahi? Anyway, uh, reversible electrochemical intercalation of lithium and graphite, and invented the lithium graphite electrode. Well, that's kind of interesting. So, um, education, battery research. Oh, they don't have his early life, but I'm pretty sure uh, uh, this Moroccan scientist, engineer, and inventor of Rashid Yazami is, um, I want to say, Sephardic. Probably is Sephardic. What, um, should we go back to the Nobel Prize rather than looking up what yeah. Yazami family name means? Uh, what else have we no. got here? Uh, about Arthur Ashkin, who went in 2018 for the optical tweezers and their application to biological systems. What's an optical tweezer? No, they're the optical tweezers, not any optical tweezers. The ultimate optical tweezers. Uh, optical tweezers. Uh... I can't find that uh, optical tweezers. Right, let's uh, let's just search this then, shall we? Yeah, because I want to know what is a. Uh... Would they be um, tweezers that you can use through a microscope? Yeah, but surely that's any type of tweezers, right? Oh, okay. Optical tweezers originally called single beam gradient force trap. What? Uh, traps are gay. Um, are scientific instruments that use highly focused laser beam to hold and move microscopic and sub-microscopic objects like that. Oh, it's like having the force hobbit. Oh. Uh, uh, it's like having uh, the force, but with lasers. Imagine you had, like, laser eyes, but you could hold Oh. Them. 
Right, sorry, I just thought, no, I'm too drunk to do the show, but now I'm thinking to myself, so you're using lasers to manipulate physical matter? Yeah, um, and move microscopic and sub-microscopic objects. Oh, that's pretty cool, then. I'll, I'll give him that. That's pretty cool. Okay, well, I have heard, um, I thought it was science fiction, um, that... Um, but to be, you know, but, but to be fair, I think all all laser, all laser um, science should be put on hold until the pew pew laser, the handheld pew pew laser, has been invented. Well, I was hoping with uh, the, the superconductors, we what, were going to get. About, what about a plasma rifle in the forty watt range, Hobbit? What is like the forty watts of plasma going to do to you? Because a microwave oven is seven hundred watts. <laughs> I mean, if if you're talking about true plasma, I mean that is plasma. <laughs> uh, alphabet Alphabet Cats actually mentioned a proper good like uh, Nobel Prize. Let stomach me just ulcers. stomach ulcers. Yeah, let me see Nobel Prize for stomach ulcers because this is actually yeah. I did wonder that. In Dimensional Lizard says I think those prize winners actually did invent the lithium ion battery in the 1780s. We're only giving them the prize now. That is possible, I assume. Uh, uh, correction, you said that they invented lithium ion battery in the 1780s. If, uh, Not the 1780s, Frasier's... the 70s and 80s. Yeah, the, the, too bad Frasier's not here to go, oh, Hemi, what are you trying to tell us? Yeah. Fucking <laughs> lithium ion batteries fucking were invented in the, in the 18th fucking century, Tartaria fucking. Yeah. <laughs> did I do a good? Did I do a good? Good Fraser impression. Fraser, right into the show. And let me know if I fucking got you close, mate. Fucking. <laughs> All right. Two thousand and five. Barry Marshall and Robin Warren were awarded the Nobel Prize in Physiology or Medicine for the discovery of oh, heliobacter. Chat. Yeah. If you do have your favourite Nobel Prize winner, put it in the chat. Yeah, because, you know, some Nobel Prizes don't suck. Yeah. Like, you know, 1948, DDT, medicine. Here's something which kills mosquitoes like and 20, flies. Like 2018, Will, Will, William D. Nordhaus absolutely won, absolutely won his uh, Nobel Prize for hard graft for integrating climate change into long-run long macroeconomic analysis. That's totally not bullshit, what you just said there. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. Nobel Peace Prize 2018. Dennis Muckwedge. Oh, you know, where's Muckwedge? Muckwedge. I swear you, that is his name. Do you know the, the name Go To Bed reminds me of this guy on you who, who would, he was a, um, he wasn't a, oh, a chimney. from Dr. Bond. No, he was a plasterer. Um, yeah. But he was also like a specialist builder, which concerned himself with chimneys. Like he'd do bricks around chimneys, and his name, his surname was Go to Bed. Um, well, you got De Dennis Muckwedge, M U K W E G E. I'd say that's Muckwedge. Oh, Nadia but funny. Murad, uh, so in 2018, for their efforts to end the use of sexual violence as a weapon of war and armed conflict, that's that. That hasn't happened since 2018. Uh, but, they deserve a standing stand innovation, don't they? There's been no sexual violence as a weapon of war and armed conflict since 2018. Yes. Well, Ash0787 says, H. Priority discovery was quite recent, I think, and probs did result in the Nobel Prize. It did. 
I did two tests of it recently, both negative. Well, thanks to the work of, uh, I'm just going to read his name out again, Barry Marshall and Robin Warren, um, one of them, or maybe both, they said, you know what, I'm pretty sure this bacteria, this Heliobacter pyrolori, uh, is responsible for stomach ulcers. I'm going to infect myself with it and see if I get some. And then it's like, oh yeah, it turns out now you've got stomach ulcers. Right, I've got stomach ulcers. Uh, give me some antibiotics which kill this. There you go. Oh, well done. We don't know what caused stomach ulcers, and you're now proving it. Now you see, Could that be if you try and cause for stomach ulcers, though. Well, the fi- that was the thing because back before the Nobel Prize was won for finding out that the bacteria caused it, and specifically this Heliobacter well, pylori. Ego is a cause of antibiotics. If it doesn't clear up, then we'll have a look at something else. Well, as far as I know, the stomach ulcers, they're caused by this bacteria, and um, Eek proved it, and normally he got this problem of ethics, but in this case, as he infected himself with them, the ethics... Hobbit, what's the Cadian rhythm? I've forgotten. I will get back to that in a bit. I know what it is. Um, the issue of ethics was uh, absolved because it's like, well, you got consent from the patient, and it was informed consent because you're... Uh, <laughs> You microbiologist get any, you can't get any any more informed than being the guy that does it yeah it's like look you're a microbiologist you understand the risks you had a, your hypothesis and your hypothesis is correct you've you've now proven the cause of stomach ulcers and yeah you won the nobel P- uh, prize in medicine physiology now circadian rhythms it is something to do with sleep cycles isn't it oh okay then. so yeah. jeffrey c hall and Michael Rosebash and Michael W. Young won the, won the Prize for Physiology, Physiology or Medicine in 2017 for their discoveries of molecular mechanisms controlling the circadian rhythm. Yeah, cool. Um, circadiums. Hey, here's the thing, right? Just, just uh, like... <laughs> Hobbit, 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 I do have, I do have the... <laughs> from 2017. That's... Oh, we don't have that theme tune, so can I just do... Uh, do that, I have anything suitable That's Kazuo here? Ishiguro, who won, who, won it, who won the Nobel Prize in Literature for who, in novels of great emotional force, has uncovered the abyss between our illusory sense of connection with the world. <laughs> now... I, I appreciate the chat's enjoying this, so I am too. Yeah. But I'd just like to do a brief aside, right? Because maybe at some point we'll get a Nobel Prize into this, because I'd like an explanation here. Yeah. And I, I spoke with the, the other guy at work, um, well, let's not use his real name, Lee, and I was telling him about a, dr- a dream I had. Now, Lee said to me, because I, I was saying to him, oh, I had this dream, right? Now, I didn't get into specifics, but in the dream, I was at work, and there's like... Did it involve oh, any of girls wow. allowed? No, it didn't, actually. Oh, right. Nor did it involve Destiny's Child. Oh, you Alf Garnet. No. Um, anyway, in this dream, I was like, I was at work, and they were like, oh, we're not we're not really proud, we're not proud of your performance, so what we're going to do is put you in probation. And the probation term on it says, like, we're not going to pay you, we're going to give you a loan, and then you've got to pay us back the loan. And also, you got to improve your results. Getting from like, uh, we want you to do this. T-. And then I, I got furious in the dream. It's like, fuck oh, off! I'm not getting another one for you, Robert, to look at. 
Oh, yeah, I'll look into that one. I'll read it. But I'll just carry on with this, the dream talk, right? And I was like, fuck off, am I doing that? Uh, I'm not I'm not getting a loan out to work. I'm here to earn money. That's why I go to work. I'm not here to get well, a loan. To be fuck fair, you. You sound like a housewife on, on TikTok. That, that, they talk about their dreams quite a lot, I should imagine. All right. Well, in summary, because he also said in his dream, uh, he's got blinds in his bedroom. And his blinds was like three quarters open. It was like someone oh, on the other side blind, of it. Blinds or curtains? I've never had blinds in a bedroom, I don't think. Uh, I I have slept in bedroom with blinds before, and I just find them a bit... I don't like them. I prefer curtains. To be fair, even but though he's... I inflict it on you, I can't stand um, curtains without a proper backing. Oh, I know what you mean, because they still let the light through. Yeah, it's like, um, what's the fucking point? Mind you, that that is a peaceful room. It's it's not as if it's on the fucking road, unlike where I live. Mm. So he, he told me, he says, oh, I had a dream like that. And he said, yeah, so the, the blind was three quarters of the way open. There's a guy on the other side of the blind. And he kept shooting him. He says, like, stop shooting me, dickhead. And then he woke up and I was like, what the fuck was that about? Now, in my case, I woke up and I was like proper angry, like, fuck those cunts. I'm not paying to work. And I, for half an hour, I had to tell myself, like, it's a dream, it's fake, it's not real. Go to sleep. Yeah, but I was really pissed off. Yeah, you're really pissed off, but it's fake. Just let it go. And that's the problem. Even though the dream was fake and, like, not real. And it's... Is Fairy Morgana, is that is that a play on one of our... Is that someone doing some deep lore on the on the, on 14 words? Is... If they start talking about gnomes, we'll, we'll know no, what it's about. Morgana. I was thinking of Fatima. Oh, right. Yeah, okay. Yeah, sorry. I was just thinking, like, of some sort of Zero Zero fan. Zero Zero, come back. Put the hash pipe down. Come yeah. talk with us. Put the drugs down. Um, put the put put the weed down. Stop being so paranoid. I I um I I did a marijuana the other day. Uh, That's okay. But anyway, well, you know, every, yeah. every, everything in moderation, Hobbit. Yeah, well, that's it. I had like two puffs, and that was enough for me. Yeah. And I was like, "All right, six o'clock." And Isn't that yeah, a rap it turns song, up. It? Puff, puff, pass it or something, isn't it? Oh, I thought that was by Boney M. Pass the duchy on the left hand side. That's uh, musical youth, Hobbit. No. <laughs> yeah. Wait, are you sure it's not but ba- uh, Boney M? I'm one hundred percent sure that it's not Boney M. Boney this M, is Boney M did like dodgy disco covers that weren't actually sung by the Rivers black guy in the video. Babylon. Yeah. God, that was a crap song. Did you know? Did you know the bloke, the bloke on the video didn't even sing it. It, it was the. I uh, think it was the same guy that was Millie Vanilli. The term Fata Morgana is the Italian translation of Morgan the Fairy. Well, there, there we, we go. go. Ah, it go deep song. But anyway, point being, right? Nobel Prize should be awarded for this. Why is it dreams? Even though they're dreams, you wake up. The feelings are one hundred percent real. What's what's that about? All right, then, cut Hobbit. Let's let's go for some deep fucking um, philosophy. Where are your dreams physically? Ah, uh, they are <laughs> in, right physically. They're all around us. Uh, and it's just it's your brain which acts as a receiver to to pick them up. Uh, uh, Hobbit, you're so, just a meat bag on a oh, rock. Oh, okay. On a rock, swinging yeah. around the sun. You're insignificant. Just a, it's not real. I'm just a yeah, I'm just a yeah. meat bag on a speck of dust. Random happenstance. Yeah. 
uh, it, it's all it's all nihilism, Your electrical bro. meat bag. Eventually, the electric's going to run out. Then you'll just be a meat bag, which then decays into bacteria yeah. and fungus and Ooh. stuff. Oh yeah, so go an back earth, to an Earth just happened to be just perfect enough to support this form of life. And it's a coincidence that the moon is 400 times smaller than the sun, yet it's 400 times away, and that's why we get total eclipses and we can see the corona. <laughs> uh, the pineal gland, black gland bro, wants some DMT. Jamie, pull that up. Yeah, fucking uh, Joe Rogan. Has, uh, oh, he's such a... Yeah. Oh, did you ever hear... Did you ever listen to that? I don't suppose you ever listened to um, Kevin Smith back in the day on Smodcast, did you? He had uh, like Joe me. Rogan doing his, yeah, dude, the, the Bible, it's all the shrooms, dude. <laughs> yeah, uh, like, um, dude, you, you have a hunting grizzly bears, dude, dude, with, with a crossbow, dude. Uh, uh, <laughs> yeah, Joe Rogan, hmm. uh, Oh, Joe Rogan cucked on the moon landings. I did, I did listen. I did listen to the. Uh, I think the only Rogan episode I ever watched is about half of the uh, Alex James Alex Jones one. Oh, I enjoyed the Alex Jones one because there was some proper like top tier like memes from that. Yeah. Yeah. Jamie, pull up that video of a giraffe fighting a gorilla. Um, one of my favourite podcasts at the moment is. Um, World is class there a picture of a giraffe fighting a gorilla? Oh, it's, it's, that it's, dude! It's, that dude hit, hitting a hitting a deer with his motorbike. Is that the one? I don't know that one, but I mean, is there a video of a giraffe fighting a gorilla? I that, thought they lived in different environments. Mm. Maybe it doesn't mean an actual gorilla. Mm. Um, I don't know. Um, let's, let's move off this. Um, another success story from the Nobel Peace Prize. The International Campaign to Abolish Nuclear Weapons won the 2017 Peace Prize. So you've got got them to thank for the fact that there are no more nuclear weapons in the world. Why don't they just ban violence and be done with it? Uh, Why so, ban specific forms of violence? But ICANN won for its work to draw attention to the catastrophic human humanitarian consequences of any use of nuclear weapons and for its groundbreaking efforts to achieve a treaty-based prohibition of such weapons. They don't like... don't like... Uh, thingy. As Ash0787 says, yeah, you're just a consequence of random arrangement of information yeah. stored in a coincidental arrangement of suitable molecules that's pretty fragile, but somehow survive chaos and entropy. What the fuck? Bob Dylan won an award, won an award in 2016! Did you not know about this? I remember, like, the blacksmith next to me, because uh, my factory was next to a blacksmith's, and he was like, oh, Bob Dylan's just won the, the award for... It's like the Nobel Prize in Literacy, just like the, the Bar Mitzvah Awards. <laughs> Are you saying there's something suspicious about Robert Zimmerman winning, winning an award? I'm just saying, like, it's the you, it's like it's literally the Peter Griffin participation Hobbit. cake. Hobbit. What about the Nobel Prize in Chemistry 2016 for the design and synthesis of molecular machines? Oh well, yeah, but like, there's a bunch we missed from the chat. Look, what's that 2001 one which she said? 2001 Nobel Prize of Physics, proving another state of matter, the Bose-Einstein condensate. I mean, that's pretty cool, right? What's a, what's a, 
Oh, this that reminds me of the film. The, did you have a look at that one that Alphabet Cat put in? What, Bose-Einstein Condensate? Yeah, so the Bose-Einstein Condensate is when you, like, super cool stuff and you get this weird sort of, like, Alphabet, I can't Alphabet believe Cat, it's... did he win it for having a raspy voice and using the harmonica? <laughs> Bob Dylan. Bob Dylan is a man who A should have died in the sixties, and B songs. Are, he was a better songwriter than he was a performer. I'll put it that way. <laughs> Just like a mm. Rolling Stone. I think I've probably put too much fucking class into that, but. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I can't. Um, very good. Very, very. I, c- I can't deny his quality in songwriting, but my God, can that man not. Yes, yeah, my friend. He's dancing in the wind. dancing in the wind. God, I can't fucking. Like, it. It's like. I don't know why. People should just say, look, Bob, we'll pay you. Here's like $50 million not to sing. <laughs> Couldn't, well, we'll couldn't, give... couldn't Mark Chapman? Couldn't they? Couldn't they go and look, Mark Chapman? We'll give you a, a pass on the on the um, on on the John Lennon murder if you just go just go and shoot, shoot Bob Dylan next. Look, we'll, we'll we'll pay you like loads of money, and Frank Sinatra will sing "Pissing in the Wind" or whatever. Um. Also, uh, did you know that Sylvester Stallone? They they were paying him. I think at one point he got an offer for two hundred sixty five thousand dollars to not star as Rocky in Rocky. I'm probably I'm probably on my millionth time of saying this, but but my favourite one is Michael Caine read the script for Jaws: The Revenge and it says fade in the Bahamas and he said I'll take it. <laughs> that reading any more of the script. Michael Caine is one of those guys. I'm glad he appeared in Austin Powers because if you look at him in the Harry Palmer series, Austin Powers came shortly after that, and it's kind of good just to sort of seem like, you know what, this is actually the role. Yeah, because isn't he like he's yeah he's Nigel Powers in it, and he's basically just like a champion class shagger, and he's both the father of Aust- oh sorry spoilers for a film that came out twenty years ago, yeah. he's both the father of Austin Powers and Doctor Evil. Oh Hobbit, speaking of rounding things off, have you watched the? I haven't watched it yet either, but have you watched the latest um, Venture Brothers movie? Oh, someone told me there's Venture Brothers stuff. Oh, Is I that the one? Like... I dropped you the magnet link in, in DMs to you. Oh, yeah, I meant to download it. Um, I've downloaded yeah. it, but I haven't watched it yet. Uh, apparently, it rounds the whole thing off. I saw the Weezer's Condensate earlier. I think it was some form of mushroom, but it looked like patches of pure white foam, like it was artificial. I saw black, deathly mushrooms nearby. I hope you took a photograph of it, and if you do, please put it in the 14 words uh, Telegram chat. Yeah. Oh, I- Irene Curie is the daughter of um, Marie Curie. Um, uh, Marie Curie, famously two of them, one for chemistry and one for physics. She was the first woman to do that. Respect the women, like unwashed orders, you two. Unwashed women, respect her. Do, 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 do. Unwashed women, respect her. Uh, do, you want, do, you want, uh, do you want someone who won a really real Nobel Prize for physics in 2015, Hobbit? It's really real. Takaki Kajita and uh, Arthur B. MacDonald won for the discovery of neutrino oscillations, which shows that neutrinos have mass. 
And they're really real. They're honestly really real. They're really totally honestly real. They really are. You know, I'm glad you mentioned that because this brings me back to one of my favourite Nobel Prize in physics. This is the 1995 oh, fuck. one. This one, this one in 2015 would have um, would have your mate. What's her name? Rolling in her grave. Oh, what Enid Blyton? No, the woman we did last week's show on. What's her name? Oh, Rachel Carson. Yeah, Rachel fuck Carson that bitch. Will be, will be well, you said a mate. Because two, you said my mate. Two I, I mean, Rachel Carson's no friend of mine. Real name to you, you. One for her to discoveries you. concerning a novel therapy against malaria. She'd fucking hate that, wouldn't she? Rachel Carson's gonna like come out of the grave like a zombie, going rah, rah <laughs> must preserve malaria. <laughs> the Nobel Prize in physics. Malaria, malaria like, respecter, is that what it is? She, like, goes, please save the precious mosquitoes. How dare you poison them? Yeah. Uh, how about so, the Nobel no, Prize just... for Literature in 2015? Hey, to... don't I get a term to, to do? Okay, I'll, you, I'll do, do this your one. Li- I'll do this one. Then do you your li- good, yeah, because I'm, so- I'm sorry, ADL. We've been very negligent of the Nobel Prizes in Literature. Uh, they are as well, equally valid as the Nobel... the Nobel Prize in Literature no... 2015. Svetlana yeah, Alexievich won for... Her polyphonic writings, a monument to suffering and courage in our What time. is polyphonic writings? <laughs> like, I know how what are they a polyph- monument to suffering and courage in our time? Uh, I mean, I know, um, like, uh, polyphony in terms of a synthesizer, where you can play mo- mo- more than one voice at a time. I Polygonic but... Wing, though, which was a side project of Alex James, other, other, otherwise, erstwhile, but... erstwhile known as... Uh... But oh, polyphonic write, writing, A-fix does that twin. mean like... Oh, okay, that's cool. I like Afix yeah, Twin. I like... Um, that's one of his side projects. Uh, oh, I didn't know that. Um, uh, maybe Brian Cox will win a Grammy instead for his famous musical talents with D-Ream. Oh, yeah. that's. He, get, he, he should get a Nobel Prize in both music and physics for... Uh, isn't science amazing? Uh, polyphonic um, is using multiple phones to write your thesis. Yeah, it is. Um, all I'm thinking Let's of in terms look. of... Li- uh, Sve- just Svetlana a minute. Hang on. Be- be- hang, on. hang on. Hang on. Hang on. Hang on. Hang on. I'm, I'm going to do a, a think hang on, here, hang on, right? hang on. Hang on. Hang on. Hang on. Yeah, because I don't want you to, to ruin my thinking. You can ruin my thinking afterwards. Now, polyphonic writing, right? So that means you've written with more than one voice. So there's more than one character in the story. What is the definition of polyphonic writing, Mr. Hemi? I don't know. <laughs> oh, it, okay. I, I well, wasn't chat, looking at it, polyphonic writing, I was looking at polyphonic. Is, is, is it got to be like multilingual or something? Chat, if you know what polyphonic writing, Nobel Peace Prize for to you, 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 you is, uh, write it down. Hold on. Hold on. Hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. In literature, polyphony is a feature of narrative which includes a diversity of simultaneous points of view and voices. In other words, writing a story with multiple people in it. Wow. Yeah, wow. <laughs> wow, It's a, she writes stories about more than one person. Wow. That um, amazing is a Nobel Prize. Now, fuck off, cunt. Nobel Prize in Physics 1995 is awarded to for pioneering experimental contribu- contributions to lepton physics. Martin L. Pearl, 
Ah, I graciously accept the award for discovering. That was uh, Black Pearl. I graciously accept the award for discovery of the town lepton, which is totally real. I have some in the jar here. And also Frederick Heinz for the detection of the neutrino. So I, I assume that that, like, if you've detected it, then it's real. What about the Nobel Prize in Chemistry for 95? Goes to Paul J. Crutzen, Mario J. Molina, and F. Sherwood Rowland for their work in atmospheric chemistry, particularly concerning the formation and decomposition of ozone. Oh, that was around about the time they're talking about uh, CFCs are bad for the ozone, not high altitude nuclear bomb tests. No. Uh, Nobel Prize in Physiology or Medicine 95 goes to Edward B. Lewis, Christine Nusslin Volhard, and Erica Fleischhaus for their discoveries concerning the genetic control of early embryonic development. What? Discoveries concerning the genetic control, so the genes control uh, an embryo. Fucking duh! What the hell do you expect to control an embryo? No prize in literature, not only the runners-up prize, literature 1995 goes to Seamus Heaney for works of lyrical beauty and ethical depth, which exalt everyday miracles in a living past. Ah, look at me. I'm not part of the tribe. My name is Seamus Heaney. You can't get more Mick than that. Right, no, no, back. we're probably... even know I'd gone? We, we, we never even noticed... But anyway, Seamus Heaney won the run-up prize in 1985 for his literature. Seamus Heaney was born in County Derry in Northern Ireland, where his family engaged in farming and selling cattle. His education included studies at Queen's University in Belfast, where he also served as a lecturer at the end of the 60s. Yeah, I mean, we do. We do. I've, got to, I've got to bring up what Ash says. Ash says some of the Nobel scientists appear to be legit and do actually deserve their accolades. Ron, J Ron Davis at Stanford, who did the Human Genome Project, they aren't all Obamas. Yeah, we're kind of like, we are cherry-picking the worst of the worst. I, I, I think we might, we should actually do some of the oh, stuff. are you? Are we? Because, I mean, we started off with uh, 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 Paul Muller. I think for, we were saying, uh, like, back in DDT. the day, I, I think all the good ones have been run, won, haven't they? Ah, uh, yeah, but there's still good ones, as Alphabet Cat pointed out, with the discovery of H priorly causing... Um, uh, stomach ulcers. Yeah, and that's just uh, Ron Davis who did the human gene, human genome project. Uh, what is the human genome project anyway? What do they? Actually... It's more about Seamus Haney. So anyway, he made his debut as a poet then, but continued to divide his time between his own writing and academia. He worked at Caresford College in Dublin, at Harvard University in Cambridge, Massachusetts. And at Oxford University, Seamus Haney was married and had three children. Seamus Haney's poetry is often down to earth. For Haney, poetry was like earth, something that must be ploughed and turned. It's written ploughed in the American spelling, not the proper spelling. Often he. Hobbit, what does this mean? So, 2013, Nobel Prize in Physiology or Medicine. James E. Rothman, Randy W. Sheckman, and Thomas C. Sudoff for their discoveries of machinery regulating vesicle traffic, a major transport system in our cells. What is vesicle? Uh, oh, God. Uh, I actually hated this part of medical science. Yeah. So, the vesicles, right? Yeah. Are, um... Sounds a bit like testicle. 
you got you got to have like things which transport bits in and out of the cells, and they're kind of like these blobs inside the cells, and they move to and from the cell walls. Uh, sorry, cell membrane. Cell walls is in plants, not mammal uh, animals. Um, yeah, that so. God, it's been so long since... I remember that you had a nucleus and a mitochondria, and then you've got, I think it's the riboflavins, which convert DNA into proteins. Uh, uh, but I just, like, it it's complicated. Oh, yeah, and then you've got microtubules, which have silica well, in them, and that's actually... Co- weren't you doing this before 2013? Yes. <laughs> okay. So, do they, are they, like, pre- get round to it? Nobel prizes then are they you know we, we you know you did a, you did a good job but we've been a bit busy since since you invented it I mean it took a while for them to realize like oh you guys with the lithium iron battery you should get a Nobel prize for that but anyway back to Seamus Heaney's work oh, this God, is very important two quick ones Alice Munro because she's the master of the contemporary short story so if you want to read a good contemporary short short story read Alice Munro and the Organisation for the Prohibition of Chemical Weapons, the OPCW, uh, won a Nobel Peace Prize in 2013 for its extensive efforts to eliminate chemical weapons. Um, when was the quote-unquote gas attack on Syria? Oh. Was that 16 or 8? No, it was while Trump was president, were not it? It's ancient history. Oh, yeah, were, he, he called him Animal Assad, didn't he? Bombs on there, weren't he? Yeah, he kept kept saying uh, that animal Assad, you know, is just terrible. Yeah, but bad, oh, bad but guy. What was it he said? The ga- gassing like an animal, was it? Wasn't it? Animal Assad. Here's the thing. Uh, oh, bad. Vesicles are like little bubbles made of the same stuff as cell membranes. I guess they pop out of cells and float through the bloodstream to do communication. Oh, so I was right. In, in other words, it is little blobs inside the cells. Mm. But anyway, back to Seamus Heaney. He's far more important. Gas killing animal. Of... That was the one. Do you remember that? He's a gas killing yes. animal. It's huge, That's beautiful it. gas killing animal. But anyway, back to Seamus Heaney. It's far more important than your discovery of extracellular vesicles. Yeah. So... Often he paints the grey and damp Irish landscape. Pete Moss has a special place in his poetry. The poem is often connected with daily experiences, but also derive motifs from history all the way back to prehistoric times. Heaney's profound interest in Celtic and pre-Christian as well as in Catholic literary tradition has found expression in a number of essays and translations. Oh, hey, the... So, hang on. Let's have a look. Seamus Home Poetry. Seamus... This reminds me of the Pete Bogman. Do you remember the Pete Bogman they found in the... I think it was the 80s, weren't it? Late 80s? The Pete Bogman. They found, they found like, this man in a peat bog. It was, like, a big thing. It was a big thing. There was loads of programmes on the BBC about it when I was a kid. You know, back when you only had had three or four channels to choose from. Oh, Jesus... But they were Sorry, good. I, they I, were good. You had, you watched some good telly back at, back then, though, didn't you? I just I interrupt your your thing about uh, the bog man to sh- yeah. like look at this mugshot of Seamus Haney. He looks like um, who was that KFC bones down the drain guy? <laughs> no, he uh, no, he doesn't like him. He looks like that. look how 
Look how close Seto's eyes are together. You can tell he's a Rogan just by the look of his The physiognomy there is not right. Anyway, ah, here we go. Here's a poem called Digging, Death of a Nationalist, 1966. My grandmother cut more turf in a day than any other man on Tonersborg. I once carried in milk in a bottle, corked sloppily with paper. He straightened up to I'll drink it. I'll put a picture of Saint Seamus up. Um, then Phil, I, I, heard a, right I heard a story once about Seamus. He he had a job on a building site, and uh, they said uh, they said uh, they they said two things, Seamus. He said, "Can can you drive a forklift and can you make tea?" He said, "Why? Why how how the tea pot? Cup of tea? Yeah, that's it." <laughs> I'm reading this poem and it doesn't even fucking rhyme. He straightened up to drink it and fell to right away. Nicking and slicing neatly, heaving sods over his shoulder, going down and down for a good turf, uh, Ash, digging. Ash remembers Pete Bugman. The cold smell oh, of Ash, potato... Ash actually studied this poem in English class. The cold smell of potato mould, the squelch and slap... Of soggy peat that cut curls of an edge. Did you, know, did you know Seamus got arrested? Oh, is that he, so? He tried to blow up a bus and he and he burnt his burnt his lips on the tailpipe. Oh, that's that's true. I've heard that story before somewhere. With the cut smile of potato mould, the squelch and slap of soggy peat, the cut curls of an edge, proliving roots awaken in my head, but I've no spade to follow men like them. Between my finger and my thumb, the squad pen rests. I'll dig with it. Fucking... How the hell does that get a Nobel Prize for poetry? <laughs> Fuck's <laughs> sake. I've he written done, better He could have at least done a decent limerick, couldn't he? Like, like old Frank Carson. Or you could have at least done some rhyming couplets, like which is the foundation of the English language, you stupid fucking prick. <laughs> I've written poems better than that. Is is a poem, right? This is a haiku. It's in the form of haiku. Forget me not. Remind me not to forget to do the weeding. Ah, see? Uh, I know the one about yeah. the cocker spanning from Paul, who had a thing about Peter O'Toole. When he came on the telly, ah. he'd roll in his belly and he'd do funny things to the stool. <laughs> <laughs> Before there was Cheddar Man, there was Pete Bogman. That's true. Pete Bogman. I remember Pete Bogman. He was quite a big thing on the telly, on, the, on that television. Oh, that the t- television we could watch. Have you ever watched a film on the on the television? A film, yes. I've watched a few films on the television. It's it's not quite the same as going to the cinema to see, to see it, though. It's I not did, quite I the did, same. I do remember watching watching uh, Jaws with me mother, and there uh, was that bit with the bloke's head pops out of the bottom of the boat, and it did make me jump. I remember the time I went to go and see Independence Day, but unfortunately it wasn't about killing the Sassanax, it was about killing the, the Aelimans. <laughs> the Aelimans were invading the White House, and, and Will Smith was and like... And that fellow, Willow, he, Willow Smith, he said, uh, welcome to Earth. <laughs> he, he was he, he was very uh, energetic in that film. He was jumping up and down like a chimpanzee he was. It was really amusing. It's great, it was. <laughs> then they, then they says, it. I hear you're racist now, father. <laughs> then they, get this right. This this Elamo, he came all the way over from Alpha Centauri, somewhere far, far away. And, and they I were like, I've, I've got a Game Boy. I'm going to upload a computer virus into the alien mothership 
with this Game Boy, and then they did, and then they blew up, and that was the end of the film. It <laughs> was really ever, good. Have you ever tried? Have you ever tried sharing a file between computers in Windows? Could you imagine? <laughs> you imagine trying to upload an out of violence virus to an alien computer in Windows? Oh, oh, oh I'm really knows. sorry. I'm really sorry. I can't do that, Father. As everyone knows, that the Game Boy is famous for its wireless uh, uh, transmission of of data and its ability to uh, go I through. Did, I, I uh, don't know. Alien... Ga- it wasn't a Game Boy, was it? I think it was a Game Boy. Yes, I don't it, think was. it was a Game Boy. I think it was a, like a fucking Windows Windows ninety five. It it was a it was a great great like, Game Boy. Like, it was like I said, Hobby. Do, do you remember all that trouble you had just trying to set up a fucking. Um, <laughs> set, up a, set up a home network or whatever it was you were trying to do with Windows and they get, what are you uh, talking about and it about? just kept going the computer says no uh, that was it the home it, media when... server or something and fucking Windows XP and Windows 10 was going oh I don't know about that father uh, he, here we go how was the computer virus get uploaded into the mothership in Independence Day that's how it's written here in this uh this question here. Oh, it's an old Mac. Seriously. It was a Mac. It was an Apple Mac. Seriously, how did Jeff Goldblum? That's not Seamus Heaney. That makes it even yeah. worse. Could you imagine trying to? How... <laughs> could you imagine trying to attach an Apple Mac to anything, <laughs> let alone how, how let alone you... an alien computer? So how did Jeff Goldblum get the virus from a Mac into the mothership's mainframe? When they docked, he didn't look up any type of cables or anything like that. Did the mothership have the Wi-Fi or something? It's all very confusing to me. Uh, so there's a couple couple of answers here, and we got Jeff Goldblum and uh, Willow, Willow Smith in the background going. You know, he, he's trying to pretend to be a human being there. It's very amusing, like when the orangutans try and do a card trick in your zoo. John Tito. Uh, do, do remember Hobbit? Do you remember when I was red pilling you on John Tito? Oh traveler. yeah, yeah. The time traveler oh, yeah. that jumped off the side of the um the side of I, the uh, the uh, I, is he SS Eldritch? I do remember reading about Mr. Tito before I, I met is John, you. Is John Tito the one that jumped off the side of the USS Eldritch? No, he went back in time because he needed to get some IBM computers from the 70s due to a <laughs> uh, t- time issue. Well, there was something... Like the IBM 5100, Ash has, said in, Ash has said it in the chat. Not to be confused with the Nokia 6110 or 5110. Yeah. Ah, so here we go. For your actual question... Did you... Did you uh, no, because there was another time traveller that came out that was his brother, didn't they? I don't know. Oh, the Eldritch. So the Eldritch was... Oh, fuck. It was the other... Oh, fuck. There's another time traveller. I can't remember his name. There's another uh, probably, There's another time traveller, and he was the one that oh, jumped off the side of the Eldritch. Was that some sort of ship? That's not the USS Philadelphia, no, no, is it? The Philadelphia, yeah, the Philadelphia project. It, the USS Eldritch was the ship involved. Was the ship involved in the Philadelphia experiment? Well, why is it not called the USS Philadelphia? Wouldn't that make more <laughs> sense now? Because it was in Philadelphia, now? Hobbit. No, Philadelphia happens to be on land, and I have a good authority from my Sassanac friends. Philadelphia. That, uh, <laughs> Do you remember n- the, n- Philadelphia? N- the Philadelphia adverts, n- no, I happen to know that naval ships go in the sea, <laughs> not on land. Yeah, the the Eldritch, the Eldritch was a cloaking experiment that went wrong, wasn't it? Um, no, because instead, I find instead that of, very strange instead of, clo- because... instead of cloaking, the ship stayed where it was, 
Now, according to famous uh, no. lyricist and playwright and poet uh, Seamus Haney, Eldritch beings of uh, concerning the fae folk and ghosts and goblins and all that sort of thing. So, why would you be calling your naval warship the Eldritch unless it was going to be involved in some sort of dimensional well, merge sort of thing? Uh, what's it called? The thing from uh, uh, 40k? So, so ah, oh, he he did the uh, Event Horizon before it became a film. Yeah, before before it was a film, father. <laughs> before there was a film of Event Horizon, they did it in the Philadelphia Experiment okay. back in the nineteen forties. There was a Philadelphia Philadelphia Experiment film, and it had uh, Michael Pare and Pare in it, and uh, and and uh, Nancy Allen from RoboCop. I I had a Philadelphia experiment with an ex-girlfriend of mine, and she used a couple of tubs, and it was are you are quite you, uh, are you cheese nonce then? <laughs> it was it was quite quite erotic, but I must admit the smell wasn't too pleasant. But uh, yeah, you don't want to be yeah, using. It's, it's, did you use the uh, onion and chive one? That, I can't imagine that it, worked in, out well. No, it it was the plain one. But in the words of Magnus Magnuson, I've started so I'll finish. <laughs> <laughs> it was actually quite quite messy. <laughs> was, I think was, I, I think we've gone down a a, a, a cul-de-sac, and I think we should stop now. Um, well, anyway, back to the film of, of Independence Day. So, you see, they had the Mac connected to the ship, and the ship in turn was connected wirelessly oh, to the mate, mothership. I found it. Nobel Prize in Literature 2012. Mo Yan, who, with hallucinatory realism, merges folktales. Is that the mother of. Uh, is that the mother of Missy and Stormzy? Nice, Mo Yan, isn't it? Yo, man. Mo-Yan, mother of Stormzy and Mizzy. <laughs> mother of Yan. M- mother of Yams. Oh, Ash says, Eldritch was something else, but it was also time travel related. It was electromagnetism, and I think Al-Belic. it was teleported to... Al-Belic is, Al-Belic is the other time traveller. Al-Belic was on the Eldritch. Oh, Alphabet Cat says they had Wi-Fi apparently in 1996. Now, I'll have you know that the 802.11 standard dates back quite some far, but it wasn't commercially... Av- uh, it didn't become commercially available well, until quite some time later. It wasn't commercially available because they were at uh, Area 51. So, let's have a look at the history of uh, of the Wi-Fi standard. So, uh, the Wi-Fi... Oh, how about Bluetooth? I'm the Bluetooth. Uh, no, the Bluetooth is a separate to the Wi-Fi 802.11 standards. It's the Bluetooth so, habit. That's, the Bluetooth that's right. Habit. Yeah, so anyway, Wi-Fi standard zero, also known as the IEE standard God, 802.11. This, this reminds, the Wi-Fi. <laughs> the Wi-Fi is intermittent as a So, the, the Wi-Fi... Hobbit, is... this reminds me of... Do you remember that do you remember that April Fool's episode that me and Geralt did? Were you in on that one? <laughs> oh, I was... It was just like falling down the stairs. It was... It was very good. But anyway, Wi-Fi 802.11 ah, the was first from, approved... The man from Red, the man from Red wasn't a time traveller, was he? Because... He oh, was, no. He, he was from he an was alternate dimension, dimension now, wasn't he? So, anyway, Wi-Fi Zero... 1991 that came out. It came out in March the 21st, 1991. And uh, later on we had... um, Oh, look at this. 802.11n. That was 2003. I still think of 802.11n as being advanced technology. So So the 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 Wi-Fi... If the aliens were on Wi-Fi, that would have been fine. 
Yes, so you see, in 1996, they would have been up to a Wi-Fi standard zero, with possibly some uh, experimental uh, yeah. Fairy technology. Fairy Morgana's trying to get us back on track, Hobbit. We've gone way, way off fucking track. She says, what Saul Pilmutter, Brian P. Schmidt, and Adam G. Rice, for the discovery of the accelerating expansion of the universe through observations of distant supernovae. Got a bit echoey. It's good echoey in 2011. Well, you're, yes, uh, it seems a bit... Uh, I don't know. It doesn't seem as important as the contributions that Seamus Haney oh, oh, has oh, made. Oh, oh, Hobbit, I've got the one. The Nobel Prize in Chemistry 2011. Dan Schechtman for the discovery of quasi-crystals. So were they called quasi-crystals back in 2011? So what is a quasi-crystal? Let, let's go find out what the quasi-crystals are <laughs> like about. a crystal? A, a quasi-periodic crystal, also known as a quasi-crystal, can be used for jerking off. It's a structure that is ordered but not periodic. A quasi-crystalline pattern can continuously fill unavailable space, but it lacks translational symmetry. You know, this reminds me, you can get certain glasses, and they're, they're an alloy of uh, nickel and titanium, and they call it memory metal. It, it, it bends and stuff. It happens to be an amorphous... Mass of uh, of the two metals now, and it it resembles closer to the molecular structure of glass. But I'll have you know, if you try and bend glass like I did with a van at work today, it it kind of breaks and shatters. It so it does. Ah, yes. Yes. Uh, oh, how about this one? The Nobel Prize in Literature, twenty eleven. Thomas Tranströmer won uh, because through his condensed translucent images, he gave us a fresh access to reality. Well, he doesn't sound quite like Seamus Haney now, doesn't he? Uh, what about the Nobel Peace Prize 2011? Ellen Johnson, Sirleaf, Lamaya Gboy, and Tawakol Carmen for their non-violent struggle for the safety of women and women's rights to full participation in peace-building work. And that's it, 2011. They, they struggled and they won the safety of women for women's rights. For full participation and peace building work forever. Oh, great. So we don't need to do any more work on women's rights. No, now back to Seamus Haney and the Wi-Fi, what he done discovered back in 1991. So let's have a look at other Nobel oh, shit. Prize. Oh, but you might be interested in this one. Uh, 2010, Andrei Geem and Konstantin Novoselov for groundbreaking experiments regarding the two-dimensional material graphene. Oh, yes. No, I've heard a lot about graphene, so I have. I heard they, they put it in the injections now. They're safe and effective. Uh, so would you... Uh, two-dimensional material? A, a two-dimensional material is... You, you see, the way graphene is a bit like graphite, it, it forms a... It's one molecule fix, so they're trying to argue that's a two-dimensional object, but uh, that's that's not physically possible. Yeah. Uh, so if I go back to, say, 1972 now, let's have a look at the Nobel Prize in Chemistry, 1972. goes to Christian B. Anfinsen for his work on ribonuclease, specifically oh, concerning... broken, it keeps talking with an Irish accent. The connection between Seamus Ahaney, amino acid sequence, and a biologically active conformation. What, you don't appreciate the work and contributions of Seamus Haney and the, what about that turf cutting poetry does it not like speak to your soul about how it's really important to cut sod and turn it 
What? I don't know. There's just some bullshit poem about cutting turf and like uh, turf. Oh, oh shit! Talk about the turfs. Yeah. Well, um, Seamus Hayden was talking about turf cutting. Oh, this doesn't he sound pretentious the... at all. Herta Muller won the Nobel Prize in Literature 2009 for who, with the concentration of poetry and the frankness of prose, depicts the landscape of the dispossessed. Oh, so the, the, the Nobel Prize in Chemistry is kind of related. So Christian... Oh, this, here we are, 2009 Hobbit. Barack H. Obama, Barack Hussein Obama, remember that is, uh, for oh, his yeah. extraordinary efforts to strengthen international diplomacy and cooperation between peoples while bombing them with drones. <laughs> <laughs> so, so what is it that he did in 2009 it's just like oh that's a very peaceful thing what you did uh, he peacefully sunsetted people with drones <laughs> I think that's what it is oh that's okay we're not we're not monetizing this channel you can say he drone strike well, killed murdered Pakistan families page straight out of judge death judge death oh that's people. it yeah, yeah living, living people create sin therefore you kill them and then that stops the sin you can't commit crimes if you're dead. <laughs> hey, yeah, exactly. Do, do, do you have a permit to decompose in that in that street? <laughs> uh, did the, they, they bomb the moon for... in the same year? What year was this? Oh, is that the one where they struck the moon to see if it was hollow and it rung like a bow? And it turns out it does. Uh, but they said it didn't. So, but it does. Oh, about this one? The moon is... Hobbit. This is a groundbreaking, very important one. Nobel Prize in Physics. Uh, Yochiro Nambu won, won it for the discovery of the mechanism of spontaneous broken symmetry in subatomic physics. All right. Um, what does that translate into? What the fuck? Makoto? Makoto Kobayashi? Did he marry someone yeah. called Maru? <laughs> is this the Kobayashi Maru situation? Uh, that... Yes, and uh, their descendant Masakawa. So it's the Kobayashi Masakawa situation. For the discovery of the origin of broken symmetry, which predicts the existence of at least three families of quarks in nature. Right. A, is a quark another uh, made up thing? No, it's a Ferengi that runs a bar in uh, the Federation space. <laughs> quark! Quark, Quark, Kobayashi and Quark. It's a bit weird, isn't it? That's it. Yeah. Uh, in 1972, there was no Nobel Peace Prize awarded because Barack Hussein Obama wasn't murdering Pakistani families. But he really doesn't like Pakistanis and Afghans for some reason. Yeah. Like, he hates them more than your average like, Barry you know, Barack Obama well said, didn't he? He said, he's, he said I'm with Judge Death, Judge Death on this one. A, a, a dead Pakistani can't, can't commit crime. Can't, uh, can't rape if you're dead, Pakistan. And that that's not me, by the way, Pakistan. That's that's Barack Hussein Obama. Interdimensionalist that says in 2009 they crushed something on the moon for science. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, it was a it was a probe. Uh, they crash landed it to see. Well, the Israelis crash landed like, one and dropped tardigrades all over the fucking shop, didn't they? That was uh, that was later. Yeah. Oh, is this what you were talking about the other day, Hobbit? The Nobel Prize in Physiology or Medicine 2007. Mario R. Capici, Sir Martin J. Evans and Oliver Smithies for their discoveries of the principles for introducing specific gene modifications in mice by the use of embryonic stem cells. Uh, 
Oh, is that when they were growing human ears on the backs of mice? I love a, I love a mouse with an ear on it, don't you? Oh, you know what? We're, in, we're into Ricky's ear. We're, we're into the last quarter of of this now, and I oh, think it's no. probably oh no, what? Oh no, two thousand and seven was a depressing year, Hobbit. First of all, Doris mm. Lessing won for that epicist of the female experience who, with scepticism, fire, visionary powers, subjected a divided civilization to scrutiny. But, Hobbit, 2007, Nobel Peace Prize, awarded to Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change and Albert Arnold, Arnold Al Gore Jr., for their efforts, man, bear pig, <laughs> for, man, bear pig, <laughs> for their efforts to build up and disseminate greater knowledge about man-made climate change and to lay the foundations for the measures that are needed to counteract such change. New York underwater, New York <laughs> underwater was what year was it? Twenty two thousand and eight, two thousand. Uh, well, uh, you see, Al Gore was very concerned about the number of beachfront properties that were going to go underwater, which is why he generously offered to buy up so many of them. Yeah, and live in them. Yeah, good, good old Al. Um, I'll, I'll have to find the name of that documentary, but there's a documentary that uh, debunks the whole thing, and he even does the bit with the cherry picker and takes the piss because uh, that's that was pretty funny. That was well, yeah. So you, you know what? I think the thing is, this is not an exhaustive list, by the way, people. Mm. So um, I, I, what if we put a cap on this now and go back to the wonderful works of Seamus Heaney and other D. And see if anybody else won a, a Nobel Prize in literature that was as good as Seamus Haney for his for his poem on the on cutting turf like my grandfather did. No, I think I'll just use my pen. I'll dig with my pen. So I will. So I am's. Uh, the reason I say put a cap on it is because let's well, face know, it. I, I just don't think you can beat her to Muller who, with the concentration of poetry and the frankness of prose, depicts the landscape of the dispossessed. I mean, I just don't think you can beat that, can you? Well, I mean, you you say that, but, I mean, you know, Paul Muller, Albert Einstein, uh, the other bloke, Francis... What about 2008, Jean-Marie Gustave Leclesio? Author of New Departures, a poetic adventure and sensual ecstasy, an explorer of humanity beyond and below the reigning civilization. Um, you have to go a long way you, to beat you, that, you, won't you? Well, yeah, I mean, as far as I'm concerned, nothing tops the contribution to humanity that. What Seamus about old dear old did. Doris? Dear old Dor- Doris Lesin in 2007 was the epicist of the female experience who with who with scepticism, fire and visionary power has subjected a divided civilization to scrutiny. So, um, I'm willing to put a cap on, on the, the Nobel Prize stuff now because what it's a bit Orhan, too much. Orhan Pamuk, who in the quest for for the melancholic soul of his native city, has discovered new symbols for the clash and interlacing of cultures. I like, um, is is the clash that did Guns of Brixton? Yeah. Brick, 
Yeah, that's it. Did they did they do the one oh there's a lot of songs I liked about them, but didn't they do a couple can't of name it. The law? Oh they did, didn't they? Yeah. So anyway, um I, I I'm going to put a cap on this. Did one called I Fought the Law and I Won? Not the I Fought the Law and the Law One. Oh, I, I didn't know. That sounds gay. Yeah. So, as much as I'm willing to put a cap on it, it sounds like you're still excited to carry on with, with the Get Nobel exci- Prizes. excited for previous Nobel Prizes. Get excited for next Nobel Prize. Well, I, I'm thinking it's something we can't carry over in, in one go. Um, I think we ought what, to, like, do... do explained, do, did you? Well, before we do unexplained, I thought we could do some Telegram 40 and Word chat. Okay, so... Because I'm... I'm looking here, right, and I'm trying to figure out what state that is. There's this thing about the 2024 total eclipse. Uh, I'm just looking at this picture here. Well, I'll put it the, in the back uh, chat. from the NASA live feed, supposedly from Mars, and we have camels. Whoops. Did you see that? Yeah, well, <laughs> the bit which... Don't. The bit... Yeah, oh, yeah. They, they found camels on Mars, and there's, like, space mice that run over engines of spaceships. Now... In 2024, there will be a total eclipse, and it will follow a path going from Mexico across uh, the south of uh, the United States up through uh, Newfoundland, Canada. And it happens to go through this state. Now, let me see if I can get the right ones. That's Kansas. That's Missouri. So it's going through Illinois towards the bottom of Illinois. What's this you about a humpster? Oh, we'll look at that in a bit. Yeah. So anyway, it's going to go through this town called Carbondale. Uh, Carbondale Township, it seems like. Now, uh, the reason I mention that is because in 2017, there was a total eclipse. And that went through uh, the state of Illinois and also went through Carbondale. So X marks the spot. Um, this, I'm guessing here, uh, some of you might say... Well, actually, no, you've got it wrong. Uh, the actual bit where the total eclipses will be marking won't be Carbonsdale. It'll actually be Cape Girandio or Fruitland or somewhere. Anyway, point being, somewhere in, in the southern bit of Illinois, uh, these two eclipses will be marked. And then somebody posted a lot of uh, coincidences. Generation X, Xbox, Planet X, Elon's Rockets, Space X. Twitter is now X. Tesla Model X. New viruses named disease X. What's the deal with X? X marks the spot. So there's a lot of X's. A lot of X's going on. Just a coincidink. And that was from Cat Mayen, whoever Cat Mayen is. It's Cat Mayen. I assume everybody in, in the Telegram chat is on like the Telegram. I don't think we, know uh, Cat don't think we do. Well,. well Cat uh, Main, if you're in the actual like 40 and words uh, YouTube chat, say hi because I just read out your X thing. Tell I've us seen if this really real thing that the aliens get the aliens get U.S. government to go back to completely ignoring their existence by cloaking their ships with the Epstein client list. Oh yeah, yeah, you see that one. Uh, oh, this was a thing last week. The uh, slimy things in the in the sewer. No, fuck off. I'm not doing that again. We've already done it last time, and I wasn't looking at it. Oh, right. Okay. I'm, I'm not looking at the, the slimy things. 
but you tried to snopes me on telegram because i'm saying about alamals yeah. and doing exsanguination like do you remember when we did the three-part special on exsanguination yeah yeah we did rather a bit too much uh, on it didn't we and felt a bit sick well because it was just like what the fuck is going on here this yeah. is proper spooky um I've, i think brendlesham forest was part of it we also found out that it's like this Bermuda Triangle in, in United Kingdom. Where... Was a wind up, wasn't it? Okay, so maybe it wasn't Rendlesham Forest, but there's kind of like this triangular area of the United Kingdom where you've got this oh, animal you, you abductions. Know, the same thing, but, but you mentioned in uh, in Islam the 72 virgins you were promised. Large, oh, yeah, the intensely black eyes with white irises. Completely hairless. They're called Huris. Incredibly fair yeah, they... and pale skin. You can even make out their bones in bright light. Eternally young with breasts just beginning to swell. So you know about 11 years old. Maybe 4 foot 8-ish. My brother Except they're not humans. 72 AYYs. Yeah, because the Huries, they got like black skin, black yeah. eyes. No, pale skin and black eyes. It's like, they're, disc they're called Huries and they're, they're Alamals. Um So anyway, I posted a thing in there. Saying, um, Hobbit, I think these face peelers might just be cartels. Yeah, but mate, look, if you skin someone, uh, and I'm not saying how I know this, but I know that if you expose bone, it's bloody and it's yellow. It's not white like this, guys. Mm. The, this is white like the bone's been bleached. This is white it's like those... Uh, yeah, there's actually a video... I saw a video a few days later. Um, um, I'm not going to... We can't post it on YouTube. Oh, mate, that's just an arson. Look, it's an insurance job. Yeah. That's that's not really that spooky, is it? It's just like, guy bought a pub, realised it's expensive, uh, set fire to it for an insurance claim. No, apparently there's more to it than that. It was access to... Uh, access. The bloke had already had a row with the pub over access to some bit of land he owned. All right. So anyway, back to the to alien males, which are now exsanguinating people instead of animals. Is what sort of technology is involved in in bleaching a, a a skull completely white? I mean, there's just like there's nothing on it. The eye sockets are empty. The teeth are all white. So I'm assuming this poor victim, whoever he was, was uh, I'm assuming. Yeah, yeah. Or, or the aliens cleaned all the plaque off of it. With the, the stuff. But anyway, this is like, as they call it in the Peruvian news, terrified Peruvian villagers claim to be under relentless attack by seven foot tall aliens known as face peelers, prompting night patrols and pleas for military assistance. A group of Peruvian villagers are living in fears, we believe, are under attack. But, you know, you said this bit. Uh, they have named Los Penacaras, which translates to the face peelers, in the remote district of Alto Nane. Located northeast of Lima. But do we not remember the real news, which is uh, uh, guy guy couldn't stop fart couldn't stop farting after a ham sandwich uh, wins two two hundred thousand. Yeah. So in other words, a bloke ate some dodgy meat, uh, got parasites, and the parasites gave him intestinal distress, so he was farting for years, rather than just going, "Oh, I'll have some worming tablets," mm. because ivermectin is horse dewormer. Um, oh no, yeah, you don't have four horse pills, do you? Well, yeah, I'm totally doing some ketamine at the weekend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, you, you know, it's like 
Horse tranquilizer, okay. Horse dewormer, not okay. <laughs> David Avocado Wolf speaks to Matt Rosiski about the, the hottest topics of plant growing. It does sound like a wind-up name, doesn't it? Uh, he's not really called that. He just really likes avocados. Oh, yeah, this was an interesting thing. So it turns out, like, if you shock plants, it encourages root growth. Um, so, yeah, what if I read more about that electroculture? Maybe that's something we'll do an episode about. Like, you remember when we did Bant uh, nationalism and I was doing, like, um, science bits at the beginning? Yeah. And did stuff about black soil and stuff. Yeah, so maybe I'll do a, an episode about... You know, just to remind people about regenerative soil, because it turns out not everywhere turns into things. Here's an interesting news from the past. So consider for a moment that Nathaniel Rothschild sat in the English House of Lords for a lifetime position, and yet he only spoke to the chamber on two occasions. One of those occasions to ask the Parliament for assist in the settling of 100,000-plus Jewish settlers into the then-British-owned Palestine. That makes sense. The Rothschilds, after all, were a leader of the Zionist movement in the early 20th century. The other speech Lord Rothschild gave? Milk pasteurisation. Now, why on earth would a man, part of a billionaire dynasty that practically single-handedly invented the Zionist movement, care about milk pasteurisation as much as he cares about moving Jewish settlers into Palestine? Why are these of equal importance? Uh, okay. It really is no. How this one then? Classic fourteen quote from Gary. Wait, I don't I'm not done reading it. I'm not done reading. There really is no answer that makes sense, and to accept that milk pasteurization is actually extremely harmful to humans, it causes cardiovascular damage and destroys nutrients and proteins within the milk. Raw milk decreased levels of protein, fat, calcium, and free oil. Oh, and there's a bit more about well, this stuff. Here we go. I think you're old enough to remember, aren't you? Milking bottles with cream on the top. Ah, well, here we go. Just, just uh, that That's homogenised milk. Uh, so this is the part of his speech. I will not weary your lordships with details, but it was conclusively proved that a diet of pasteurised milk reduced the fertility of rats by 52%. Further research was described in The Lancet in 1936 when exactly the same results were confirmed. Right. Um, interesting. So... Nathaniel Rothschild promoting pasteurised milk uh, it causes infertility. Right. Very, very interesting. Of course, if you suffer lactose intolerance, uh, one of the things which can help with that is lactase enzymes. Lactase enzymes can be obtained from unpasteurised milk. Proceed. Uh, okay, I was going to say about. I'm just having a look through. I just looked at 14. Uh, classic yeah. 14 quote from Garrett. Maybe Fort was right all along. Not only are we property, but the visitors are the super scientists who became further intrigued with Earth while on a hunting mission. That sounds like uh, anti Christian heresy, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, I, I, I don't know. Um, Charles Fort is a thinker, isn't he? I, I wouldn't just dismiss mm. what he says. Oh, uh, plan for biggest Nessie search in more than 50 years, so I imagine Ian will be uh, reporting from Loch Ness. They're going to do some stuff in Loch Ness. Oh, yeah, they've done that before, though. They did the big, um, what's it, shirt? Oh, yeah, but this is the biggest Nessie search in more than 50 years. 
So 50 years ago, that was what, 1973? Uh, uh, yeah, it is 1973. So what did they do in 1973? Also, Aleph is the first letter of the submitting alphabet and looks like an X. There is also a flying car company called Aleph Aeronautics. Okay. It's something to do with the Age of Horus too. Now, I thought we were going into the Age of Aquarius. What is the Age of Horus? This is the dawning of the Age of Aquarius. That was from the That's it. Yeah, That's yeah. It. yeah. Well, I'm not sure when the age of Aquarius is supposed to be like, but you know, um, well, 20, it's going to happen. 2023 is the 50th anniversary of the 14 times of it. Oh shit! Cool. I thought it was older than that. Yeah. Oh wait. So, yeah, oh, Charles thought older than that. Thing, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. That's true. That is true. Right, well, I, I've I've gone through the the uh, the chat. The, there was some weird stuff about Greta Thunberg clones. Don't know of anything about that. Yeah. Uh, I'm ready to do a bit of unexplained pistories. Woman dies after drinking too much water during boat trip. Now, this is not the first time I've heard of this story. Have you ever heard of a thing called water drunkenness? Thirty-six-year-old Ashley Summers from Monticello, Indiana. I've been enjoying a boat ride on Independence Day during particularly warm weather when the incident happened. Having been extremely thirsty, she consumed four bottles of water within the space of 20 minutes. Well, how large were these bottles? Upon returning home, she complained of a sore head, passed out, then never woke up. According to doctors, Summers had suffered from water intoxication. A rare condition that can occur when someone drinks so much water that it throws off the body's electrolyte balance. This in turn causes sodium levels to drop, resulting in lethal swelling of the brain. It pinched off her blood vessels like a kink in her ears, and it just stopped the blood flow to the brain, said her brother, Devon Miller. It was a big shock to us all. I was just like, this is a thing. Question mark. Well, yeah, he's so been prolific on Twitter or X as it's called now. It it turns out if you drink too much water too much fast, it it dissolves your your things. Um, well, it's like that woman. Uh, was it the don't pee for a wee or something? Where you had to, where you had to drink all the water and not wee, and you can win a wee. She died. That was country, it. And it, uh, it kind of dissolves. Yeah. your insides, doesn't it? Well, it turns out when you drink too much water, you lose electrolytes. And women, because they believe what they're told, like, oh, I shan't have too much salt because that's bad for you. So what little electrolytes she did have was dissolved by the water. And it's just like not enough to keep heart function going. Oh. Now it says causes a swelling to the brain. I'm pretty sure it causes the heart to stop. Uh, how about this one then? Uh, custody battle. man, Kansas man David Ostrom, 40 has asked the judge to let him engage in a sword fight with his ex-wife and her attorney so that he can rend their souls from their bodies. Arguing she had destroyed him legally with dis disputes over custody, visitation and property tax, Ostrom suggested the judge had the power to let the parties resolve our disputes on the battle of field of battle legally. He also re requested 12 weeks in which to secure Japanese samurai swords. <laughs> Oh, that's... Okay, I liked him until he was just, like, being gay about it. Yeah. 
Why can't you just be like, look, I'm going to use a proper saber or rapier? Uh, like in Loretto, Tennessee, using... issued a warning to residents not to flush drugs down the toilet. As the processed water is sent downstream to local creeks where ducks, geese and other birds are often seen. But we should think but... what one all hyped up on meth would do, the statement read. Furthermore, if so made it far police it say, don't flush your drugs down the toilet, guys, because we need that as evidence. Yeah. Oh, you fuck you. Ooh, no, don't do it, because what if an alligator took your meth? Mate, it gets dissolved. There's a lot of water. There's a, I mean, like, oh, I've got a pound of meth. Well, it's going to be dissolved in, like, a billion, million gallons of water. That's not going to get anyone high. That's literally just please saying, yeah, can you stop flushing your drugs away? We need that for evidence. Yeah. Um... Scientists achieve nuclear fusion net energy gain for a second time. Is that exciting? Are we excited for nuclear fusion? There's a picture of the 14-looking pint that Rishi served up some poor cunt. Um, oh, that, that... That is awful. That, that's that a, is a it's a war... Why is it with politicians are being unable to serve a pint? Is this just like... You know, like it, how with American politicians, they got to go to Israel and, like, uh, thrust into that wall... It's the same with the UK politicians. Like you've got to so pour a crap what's pie. Worse is the fact they can fail to just eat the most basic of foods. Like there was Milliband and the bacon sandwich, and then there was just, uh, no one ever remembers this one. But there was Cameron and the hot dog. Do you remember how Cameron and the hot dog? No, I bet it's just as crazy. Yeah, a hot dog with a knife and fork, Hobbit. Why? Oh, because he's fucking posh, and he doesn't know what normal people do. Uh, uh, this this is this is a funny story, right? Uh, yeah, politicians are not humans. Uh, more, more news at ten. A man has been attempting an online challenge when he found he was unable to extract a light bulb from his mouth. It oh, seems that people. One, yeah, I think I would need to. Did... What is it with China men and putting things in their body and then going to hospital and say, "Ah, oh, I have things stuck in penis." Well, this yeah. time, it's not things stuck in penis; it's things stuck in mouth. The instrument game with a man. He can't open his jaw wide enough to get it out. The instrument game with a man identified as Mr. Chen walked into a fire station in Xijiang. Well, you went to the wrong place. Ah, I'm on fire. No, you have a light bulb stuck in your mouth. You go to hospital. Okay, this hospital. No, it's a fire station, dickhead. Okay, I go to hospital now. Where hospital? Anyway, so he walks into a fire station. I get the feeling he's not the brightest bulb in the gob. Yeah. Uh, with a shirt covering his mouth. When he was asked what was wrong, he could only make muffled sounds. Ah, oh, me so stupid. Me really dumb. It turned out he placed the light bulb in his mouth as part of an online challenge. I was unable to open his mouth wide enough to extract it. Concerned that the bulb would shatter if they tried to yank it out. Firefighters took Chen to the local hospital. Oh shit! Where? I can bring I can bring us back round to Independence Day. Oh okay. Peruvian villas, villagers report violent encounters with flying armored silver aliens. Uh, according to RPP News, members of the Ikitu, indigenous people residing in the district of Alto Nane, province of the Mainas, Loreto, Peru, have reported. 
who routinely seen and even been attacked by flying armoured silver beings with huge heads. These encounters date back to at least July 11th. These creatures are said to be roughly six and a half to seven feet tall and immune to the villagers' hunting weapons. When cornered by the villagers, they simply disappear. These gentlemen are aliens. They look like armoured green goblin from Spider-Man. I have shot him twice, and he does not fall, but rises and disappears. We're all frightened by what is happening in the community. Village leader Gyro Riatagui Avila said, Their colour is silver. Their shoes are round in shape. And with that, they rise. They float at a metre high and have red light on the heel part. His head is long. His mask is long. His eyes are half yellowish. With that, they see you well and leave. They are experts at escaping. Dun, dun, dun. Ratagui added that a 15-year-old girl had been attacked and her neck cut by one of the beings. The teenage wounds were reportedly treated locally within the community. Authorities have responded to the villagers' outcry by sending in law enforcement officers to investigate. Members of the Peruvian police and navy arrived in the area earlier this month and had a brief meeting with the locals before touring their community, paying special attention to the area where a 15-year-old girl had been event allegedly been attacked by one of the aliens. After collecting information and preparing reports on the investigation, law enforcement personnel left the village. RPP said they contacted the head of the IV Macro Police Region of Loreto, Hector Davila, but he did not respond. In the meantime, community members said they performed nightly patrols armed with shotguns and sticks to defend themselves from the otherworldly beatings. Of the speculative explanations introduced by outsiders trying to solve the mystery, perhaps the most popular is the aliens are drones used by drug or land traffickers to frighten the locals. However, so far there is no hard evidence to support the hypothesis, and the sightings remain unexplained. Dun, dun, dun. So, whilst you're on about that, I was watching the video of uh, Ching Chong Chinaman with a light bulb in his mouth, and... Mm. They actually have like the news crew there with with the firemen, and they're walking along, and uh, they they take him to the hospital, and the special device because the journalists are fucking dickheads and don't know what anything for anything is. This special medical device that dislocated his jaw is called a speculum. So they put a speculum into his mouth to open up the jaws, and they're able to pull the light bulb out of his mouth. And then they showed another bloke with a light bulb in his mouth, who's also a Ching Chong Chinaman. And uh, news story, news flash, this is a thing. Uh, speaking of greater clones, the 2022 Fields Medal, which is the equivalent of Nobel Prize for Maths, was awarded to a Ukrainian Greta Thunberg clone called Malanavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavav
with uh, boiled potatoes, oh, and I made. Joe Pasquale was involved in a freak moose land Lorax accident. Did he go up his bum? <laughs> Comedian Joe Pasquale has said he's lucky to be alive after a freak moose antler accident during his latest tour in Skegness. The comedian's show, The New Normal, features a new number a number of props, including the antlers. Describing the incident, Pasquale said he tripped and narrowly avoided stabbing himself in the stomach. It only got me in the back of the leg. Um. Okay then, Hobbit. Explain this one to me. Uh, he was going to get stabbed in the stomach by an antler, but it got him in the back of the leg. Uh, uh, all I'm just imagining is he's done a backflip. Uh, it seems like it, doesn't it? Seriously, he thought he was going to die, he said. Unfortunately. Oh, get on your nerves, get on your nerves. Unfortunately, the story is that that get on my nerves is Joe Pasquale is still alive. Yeah. Um. Oh, uh, uh, chief time wasters of the SETI Institute, Seth Shostak condemns alien bodies' claim of a lack of evidence. Uh, so, writing an article for MSNBC recently, Shostak, who is certainly no stranger to the topic, given that he's been the senior astronomer for the SETI Institute for more than 20 years, has criticised the claims made by Grosch of the subcommittee hearing due to distinct lack of corroborating evidence. Grosch! Do you remember this, this thing? The, the, like this guy, Steve Grosch, said the mouse and the US Congress are like, okay, what should we do about this? Oh, just laugh because people won't care. Um, in, in Gross stated he interviewed dozens of witnesses who had seen or who had even claimed to have been injured by UFOs and was aware of a decades long effort by the US government to retrieve such objects for the purpose of reverse engineering. But where is the evidence? Just that crow. It's MIA, neither Chris, nor anyone else can Oh, hang on. Let's have um, the Poet Laureate <laughs> Nobel Prize winner, uh, Seamus Hennessy, it's, uh, instead. It's, uh, it, there's a meme here. It's, um, it's, so guys it's that research fortune, it's O something space C something NT. And then there's a picture of Billy the Butcher from The Boys. He's laughing. Because it okay. looks like a bit like, oh, you can't. But, but man man from uh, the SETI Institute is like, eh, no, you can't discover aliens before we do. But anyway, I think we'll have Seamus... stupid excuse to investigate. That's what a SETI stands for. Seamus and Hennessy is going to carry on reading the rest of this now because I hate... Uh, I hate... Uh, what's his name's uh, voice? Stupid fucking dickhead now. What's his name? Chef Sustak. That's not an Irish name. But anyway, it's an MIA, neither Grosh nor anyone else claim to have knowledge of secret government WAP programs. WAP is the, the new American term for UFOs. Well, they go, you know, just, just have the, the UAPs, the, the wet the house UFOs. Has ever been able to publicly produce convincing photos showing alien hardware splayed across the landscape? Well, as everyone knows, the UFOs have got special technology in them, so you try and put your film camera up against them, and the audio photos will be blurred. You're taking Even a if film. You try... Are you taking a film? If you take your film camera, you'll find that the, the, the oh, film inside fair, will be... This is a better one, Hobbit. Uh, to, te... to be fair, the film is overexposed. Texas woman injured after Hawk drops a snake on her. No, I'm not done reading the story yet. 
Go, go, go on, fuck yourself. It's me again. Go on. Oh, I need to explain that joke, right? So there was this radio station in Ireland, right? And they were saying, have you got new words what could be used in everyday language? So a guy goes on the phone and says, yes, I have a new word that can be used in everyday language. My word is goan. Oh, so how's that spelled, Corner? Uh, G-O-W-A-N. Uh, goan. Could you use that in a phrase? Yes. Goan, fuck yourself. And then they hang up on him. And then another call is, Hello, yes, the, the word I would like to include for the Irish vocabulary now is smee. It's spelled S-M-E-E. Ah, uh, great caller. Could you use that in a, in a sentence now? I, I certainly could. It's me again. Go and fuck yourself. Uh, Irish. Uh, funny. Funny. They, they talk in fun, funny accents. But anyway, if there was evidence of these objects, he argues, there'll be no shortage of scientists vying to access and study it. Well, the Hang on. This is like saying if there really was a wall at Antarctica, there'd be scientists vying to study Axis and study it. What well, the powers that be would only be too happy to make it available for study again. That that's based on some like like some false assumptions, I think, there. Like uh, oh yes, the government's just gonna hand over secret technology that they've been reverse engineering for decades. What is the point of hiding extraterrestrial yeah, technology? Why are you trying to cover over for the fact that uh, Peggy Jones had a fight with had a fight with an eagle and a snake? Why was Peggy Jones trying to hide the fact Jane Adler shit himself? That's why I want to know. But anyway, well, why would the government be hiding this stuff in a Nevada hangar? What would be the goal at this point of shutting out the scientific community? The information technology, and more importantly, wealth incentives have seemed overwhelming. Steve Shostak, I can't believe you're this dense. Or actually, maybe I can, because your institute, as you say, is a stupid excuse to, to investigate. Anyway, who's this Jerry Nadler impersonator, and why she shut herself? <laughs> so, Peggy... The Texas woman was attacked by a hawk and a snake at the same time after the bird which eats snakes. Oh no, I was in a cage and a hawk and a snake attacked me. <laughs> Accidentally dropped the wriggling serpent on her. Peggy Jones, 64, was mowing her lawn last month when a passing hawk dropped a snake on her before swooping down angrily to try and reclaim its meal. The snake wrapped itself around her arm and began striking her face as the bird sunk its talons deep into her flesh. The terrifying ordeal left her with cuts and bruising to her arms and face. The bizarre incident took place on the 25th of July, Texas, blah, blah, blah. Began after the snake, snake suddenly fell out the sky and landed on her. Before she could move it, the hawk attack began. I was trying to sling my arm and sling the snake off, and the snake wrapped around my arm, she said, uh, told CBS News. Uh, the snake was striking my face. It struck my glasses a couple of times. It was slinging and slinging, and he was striking and striking, and it just kept hanging on. Sounds like a bit of a shit time, really, doesn't it? Oh no, I was attacked about the face and neck by a hawk and a snake. Yeah. Can't believe it. Yeah. You know what? I can't believe it so much that I don't think I'll be able to say anything until next Thursday. Okay, I think we're done for the that, evening, aren't we? That's, that's how much I can't believe it. Okay, I can't believe it's not for the end of 14 times. 14 I words. can. 
I can believe it's the end of 40 of words. Good night, all. Goodbye. We'll see you next week. Bye. Stay and goodbye spooky. from Seamus or Hennessy. Oh, sorry, Stay spooky. Oh. Uh, say goodnight, Hobbit. Ooh, it's goodnight from Hobbit, no.